Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from governments. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll free, 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Hey, everybody. My name is Nicole Golden. I'm obviously not Bill Bunkley, but I have someone here with me that I know you are going to recognize. Um, I am actually married to Bryant Golden, the host of Unfiltered Radio um, that comes on at 630 every weeknight. And so um, I'm really excited to kind of have a conversation with him. I'm not even going to let him talk, I don't think. I don't think you will. I know you get enough airtime anyways, babe. I'm going to just like hijack this whole hour for Bill. Yeah, so I'm going to correct you already 15 seconds in. So yes, 6.30 and then also 9.30 a.m. weekdays, (sighs) unfiltered radio, but it's fine. fine. Okay, well, all right. There's going to be more of those moments, but we're so honored to be here with you guys. Um, And we just want to talk to you a little bit about our story because we actually have a pretty unique story, um, I think, and um, something that God kind of entrusted with us about 10 or 11 years ago. And so we want to share it with you. Um, And I don't really know how else to jump in except just jumping in and telling people like I have three mental illnesses that's that's one way to start (laughs) I mean let's just let's just dive right in um yeah so about uh 10 years ago I was diagnosed with anxiety depression and borderline personality disorder and um these diagnoses came at a really great time in our lives didn't they baby yes so we were uh, dating, and then I proposed, and we were going to get married, and uh, like everything just hit the fan. Yeah, and um, like we said, I do, and then we jumped into the crap. Yeah, and it was great <laughs> up into that point. So hopefully, um, I don't know where you're listening to this right now, but we're going to get real street level and yeah. really real. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything was really good, and then we got married, and you're hoping like that's going to be good, and we're going to have a great first year, and we had anything but just everything unraveled and um, we didn't know really what was going on. No. So to kind of, before there was a diagnosis or mental illness, we didn't have any context for that. We just knew that things were out of control and something was wrong. Yeah. And you and I both grew up, you know, for those who 
um, our Jesus followers that listen, you'll you'll understand this term. Like we both grew up in good quote, I'm using like air quotes, they can't see me, but good Christian homes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, I feel like now, but even more so back then, mental illness was not something people would talk about. Um, it was not something, especially in the church as a whole, it, was, it wasn't It was even something that was recognized. It was, if you have a mental illness, you're looking for attention. Um, if you're going to a counselor, they're just trying to make money off of you and give you excuses. And if you get on medication, it's just to try to, like, put a Band-Aid on the problem. Like, there was no real honest talk about what mental illness was and how to walk through it. So I think initially we were so confused because I remember, like, we got married in May. You became lead pastor of Center Point Church in Valrico, Florida that July. And that's when we started yeah. realizing, like, I was just crying every day. We didn't know why. Um, and I just told you, I just feel sad. And it was just so odd. So I do remember. Do you remember this? We thought <laughs> we were trying to come up with every excuse as to why it could be going on. Like, maybe my thyroid's off. So, like, remember I went to the doctor and got blood work and stuff? Yeah. And and remember I called you from the doctor. Do you remember this conversation? I think so. Okay. And I was like, they made me take this questionnaire and it's asking me like, yes. do I contemplate suicide? Am I sad? All these things. And I remember I called you and and I was like, what do I say? And you were like, you say yes. Yeah. Because that it had just started to get to that point. And yeah. it was just so confusing because again, um, I didn't have any context for this whatsoever. Yeah. And it's so, um, I think antithetical to my personality that yes. I was like, what is going on? Like we're married. There should be all these incredible things happening in our life. I'm about to take over as lead pastor of this church, which was kind of a dream at that point, like all of these things. And it's like, what's what's wrong with you? And then it's almost like, what's wrong with me? Like, we just got married. Things should be really good. Why is everything flying out of control? Why are you so sad slash angry slash suicidal? Yeah. And um, obviously, and, you know, I think everybody kind of knows this, but marriage doesn't create problems. It reveals problems. Mm -hmm. And so then there's all this stuff in me that I'm realizing that is just like on hyperdrive because I would just get angrier and angrier, Mm -hmm. like over time of like, what is this? Yeah. And like, I don't, we don't deserve this. And you have this idea of like, we did everything right. We did. And now we've got married and everything's flying out of control. And I don't understand it. Yeah, because our dating relationship was like, I mean, we really had zero fights, zero problems dating. And then all of a sudden we get married and we can't, you know, figure which end is up. And I remember we had talked about this. Um, I have a podcast called Scar Stories. And I interviewed you on my podcast and we talked about this Um and I remember you saying, like, you you had to wrestle through even some frustration with God because it was like, God, I have yeah. followed you. You know, talk talk to us a little bit about that because I thought that was so good. Yeah, so there's um, an author by the name of Kate uh, Baller who has written a phenomenal book, and she has a quote in there that everybody has a little prosperity theology in them, mm. meaning this kind of whole idea of if I do this, then God owes me this, you know, whatever that is. And it's funny, even if we don't subscribe to that theology, how quickly that mindset prop, you know, kind of creeps up where it's like, uh, I I don't like I did everything right. I've been faithful. I've you know, I've checked all of the boxes and yet you would allow this to happen and really wrestling with that whole idea. And I would never say it out loud, but like, God, I kind of feel like you owe me like I did everything right with. And it's you so quickly moved to this place of quid pro quo yeah i did this and i'm expecting god to you know um return the favor or bless me as a result and so like there's just all of these um emotions and 
it just got progressively worse. So I know it sounds really extreme, maybe if you're listening right now, but it really was this thing of, you know, we got married, everything had been good, and just almost uh, a switch flipped. Yeah. And it just all went off the rails, and it just got progressively worse over months uh, in months of time. And I mean, I had and, these episodes where like I, you know, I was I was working full time. I was teaching actually, but I would I'd be fine while I was teaching. Then I'd get home and I'd scream and yell. I, I'd hit Bryant. Um, I'd, I'd hit myself. I'd bruises all over my body. Um, I'd be crying in a fetal position. And, and this would last for days. And then we'd come out of it and I'd have about two or three good days. And then we'd go cycle right back into it. And so the moment where Bryant just started realizing like we've got to get help is when I started sitting on the floor with steak knives. And I think that's when I think for you, you're like, we, we can't keep trying to just, you know, talk to wiser, older couples about this anymore. This isn't just a small little thing. This is a big deal. Yeah. And I think so many people relate to this. If you're, if you've gone through something really difficult in a relationship or maybe you are right now and it's, you know, you do everything you can of, Hey, like we need to go talk to somebody or somebody refers you to, you know, I don't know, somebody in your church to talk to. And we tried all of that. And some of it was good. Some of it was not good and not helpful, but we quickly realized like, this is bigger than just, you know, we need to have a conversation with somebody in our church. Like, we need help. Everything is on fire, and we do not know how to fix this. And honestly, with where we were at in that moment, it's I don't know if this relationship is going to survive. Mm. And I can't express to you enough, like, what a shock that was. Because, again, like, the backgrounds that we both came yeah. from, like, you use the air quotes, good Christian, yeah. you know, whatever. It just was like, how in the world could this happen? How could we get to this place? And um, probably some of you are maybe walking through a difficult relationship right now. You feel that tension. Yeah. You know, you're wrestling with that. Like, how did we get here? Yeah. And I think, like, just to talk a little bit, you know, because I know everybody here has different church experiences. And one thing I will say about our church at the time, even though Centerpoint had just gotten started and it, it was so small, Um but I remember you wrote a letter of resignation to the elders because, you know, the way we had both kind of grown up in church, it was if you had something like this, you weren't, and I'm going to use the air quotes, fit yeah. for ministry, yeah. you know? And I remember you wrote a letter of resignation when we, when we were right in the beginning of this, and it was the worst. And the elders tore up your resignation. And to me, I mean, it makes me emotional because I think if they hadn't torn that up, I don't know, number one, that our marriage would have survived. And I, and I, we would not be in ministry like we are today. Um, but they saw past what we were in the middle of to what we could be. And they realized, like, even though we were in leadership, like, we needed that help. And we didn't have, we didn't need to have the fear on top of, do we have a job? Do we have a community with everything else, you know? Then that's such an important point. And I'm sure we're, we're going to talk more about this yeah. in one of the other segments. But there can be so much shame attached with this. And it's yes. not just mental illness, going through any kind of struggle, whether it's a relationship struggle or whatever. And we talk a lot about you know, being open and honest. And yet a lot of times we fail to create environments yes. where that's actually true. And sometimes um, the church can be the worst, if yep. I can speak really, really honestly. And that was a defining moment for our life. And honestly, how we've led um, our church moving mm. forward in these years, because, uh, yeah, if that wouldn't have happened, I'm not sure where we would have gone. But in that moment, um, it wasn't, uh, Hey, you're, you're struggling. You're out. It yeah. was, yeah, you're struggling. 
we're all going to struggle at some point. We all have brokenness. And sometimes like we set this unrealistic standard yeah. to where people hide secrets and hide struggle and they end up allowing it to create shame because we just think like we can't do whatever. We can't lead anything We can't, and struggle at the same yes, time. Yes. And real life just says that that's not true. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we got into counseling. I, I started at twice a week. And, and again, to, to me, it was a last resort thing. Someone had given me these CDs that my counselor, Dr. Kevin Hall, had taught. And I'm listening to these and I'm like, I just have to meet with this guy in person. And so I, I scheduled some appointments and we started seeing him twice a week, once by myself, once with Bryant. And, and I will say the benefit of that was so that you could understand what was going on with me and so that he could kind of walk you through, okay, when she does this, when she's triggered here, um, that, you know, this is how you can respond, this is how you can walk her through. And I think that was super helpful for you. You had direct contact with him as well. And so we really started seeing some progress. And I'll never forget when we went to Texas um, for my brother's wedding a couple months after my diagnosis, sitting there and listening to a message by Matt Chandler, and he was talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh, and, and he said, you know, Paul's thorn was what he thought was a mental-emotional problem. And I remember him talking about how Paul had asked God three different times to remove it, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And I remember in that moment, I had been praying and begging for God to remove my mental illnesses, and I remember in that moment really Realizing, okay, God's not going to remove these. God's not going to heal me this side of heaven, but I can get healthy. And then what we can do is we can share our story and allow God to use the scars and the pain mm-hmm. and all of that for his glory and, and to help people understand that, you know what, this side of heaven, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to struggle, but we can lean into the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, rose again. We can lean into his grace and he can do something powerful in our weakness. And so I remember that was a changing time for me. We're um, going to take a break here in a second, but when we get back, babe, this is what I want you to think yeah. about. That was my kind of defining moment where I really felt like Jesus spoke to me personally about like, hey, I'm not going to heal you. So when we get back from this break, what I want you to answer for us is, what was that? Was there a moment? Was it a season? Was it kind of over a couple of months, years where you had to accept, yeah, God's not going to heal my wife and this is going to be the rest of our life and we're going to have to walk through this. So when we get back, baby, got it. I'm that's ready. going to be your question to answer for us. So you get ready for the okay. answer. All right. We'll see you back in a minute here, guys. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. 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 